Hi everyone, welcome to this podcast from Cambridge Health Tech Institute for the Molecular MedTri Conference, taking place February 20th through 22nd, 2017 in San Francisco. I'm Caitlin Searfoss, conference producer. We have with us today one of our short course speakers, Dr. Megan Elise, who is an assistant professor of biomedical ethics at the Mayo Clinic. Thanks so much for your time today, Dr. Elise. No problem. Happy to be here. So you're speaking in a short course about NIPT technology and future developments, but focusing in on the ethical implications of this technology moving forward. Can you briefly describe some of those ethical issues and why they are important as we continue to develop these tests? Sure, absolutely. I mean, this is probably one of the fastest growing areas of genetic screening technologies in medical care right now, and that comes with great advantages, which is to say that we're reaching a lot of patients very quickly. But there are some disadvantages, which is to say that the technology is to some extent outpacing our ability to build the necessary infrastructure around it that allows it to be used in sort of the most responsible and ethical way possible. So some of our concerns, for instance, are the ability to get informed consent from patients about these expanded genetic panels when everybody in clinical practice knows that we have less time with patients, not more time, that there's a lack of understanding among a lot of providers, certainly among patients, about what these genetic tests can and can't do. They're very good at doing some things, like detecting trisomy 21, and they're not as good at doing other things, like detecting very rare conditions. And so sometimes we see with patients that they get sort of confused about what the test is really good at and what it's not very good at. And that leaves them feeling like they were misled and certainly leaves them feeling like they didn't give informed consent. So that's an issue there. We also have some justice issues in terms of who's getting access to screening and more importantly, who's getting access to follow-up care after screening because it's not enough to just tell someone a screen result and then leave them hanging there. There's all sorts of additional support that we have to provide, counseling, resources, education, and we definitely see currently that there are some patients getting that kind of support and generally having a very positive feeling about the screening, and there are other patients who are not getting that kind of support, and that leads to some pretty negative experiences. And, you know, we have to keep in mind that this is pregnancy, right? This is not a time that we want women to be more stressed or more uncertain or more worried about where their pregnancy is going. So some of that's some of the feedback that we've been getting from patients that are sort of on the leading edge of this technology as it's moving very, very rapidly. Can you discuss how NIPT, as one part of a larger landscape of molecular diagnostics, relates to the future goal of personalized medicine? What are some of the challenges scientists, researchers, and clinicians across different fields and technologies share in achieving this goal? Yeah, so as I said, uh, non-invasive prenatal testing using cell-free DNA is quite possibly one of the fastest-growing areas of genetic screening. I mean, second possibly only to newborn screening in terms of the number of people who are receiving this kind of screening. Cancer genomic screening is making great strides, but fortunately we have very many fewer cancer patients than we do pregnant women. And so I think that in many ways it can serve as sort of a bellwether for what that kind of widespread translation looks like and what are some of the barriers to translation that we can proactively address such that we don't end up with gaps in translation and nor do we end up with translational pathways that are undesirable. So we've definitely seen in the past when technologies don't technologies don't do anything, but technologies 
stakeholders, when they don't take the time to sort of proactively address these issues of who's going to use it, why will they use it, when will they use it, who will have access to it, are we building adequate public health support for the consequences of this kind of screening, then we very often end up with undesirable outcomes on the other end. And unfortunately, not all of those outcomes are undesirable across the board. More frequently, they're undesirable to vulnerable populations, to populations that sort of uh, not as much access to health care. And so to try and avoid that, we try and encourage all translational teams, no matter what the goal of the molecular diagnostics is, to really do as much empirical research as they can and also as much forecasting as they can to try and anticipate some of those issues and address them ahead of time such that everybody wins, right? We get healthier patients, we get more successful translation, we get more successful test providers, and that paves the way for future innovation. What topics or speakers are you most interested in seeing at the Molecular MedTri conference in February? Well, there's just a few of them. So I don't know how you could possibly see everything. I think that there's some issues that we are working on now that I'm really interested in seeing other positions on. So CRISPR-Cas9 and its applications in humans, for instance, is something that we're very interested in, particularly from a reproductive standpoint. Newborn screening and the spread of rapid sequencing in newborns, especially in intensive care, is something that we're very interested here. So I'd be really interested to see how other institutions are handling that and some of the outcomes that they're seeing. So I think it's going to be really interesting. Fantastic. Thanks so much for speaking with us today, Dr. Elise. No problem. We'll see you in February. That was Dr. Megan Elise, Assistant Professor of Biomedical Ethics at the Mayo Clinic. She'll be speaking at the Molecular MedTri Conference as part of the NIPT What's Next in Technology Development short course, taking place on February 20. If you'd like to hear her in person, go to triconference.com for registration information and enter the key code podcast. I'm Caitlin Searfoss. Thank you for listening.